What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Big time stuff going on in the sports world. We already know it's the NBA playoffs, Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, both locked up at 2-2 right now. But this is No Catch Up Chicago. So I'm going to kick it off with this Manny Machado, Addison Russell talk. I got to give my two cents on this piece. And by popular demand, my pops is back on the mic. Mr. Little is in the building. LeBron James, he actually went off the rails and called him something that you're going to have to listen to. This guy loves this guy more than, I think he loves LeBron more than me. Quick is also in the building. We got three clowns in here. We're about to break it all down. No catch up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. Listen up. No catch up Chicago's back off a little hiatus. Your boy, host, Sean Little, has been on the move. I've been traveling. In this last month, I've gone four or five different places. So I haven't been able to spit those shows out like I want to and should be doing. So I'm glad to be back on the mic today. I got to lead it with this Manny Machado, Addison Russell trade talk. I want to start with it's not even Memorial Day. The MLB trade line's August 1st, and we're talking about the Cubs going to get Manny Machado. Now, first off, this warms my heart to... To, to, no, to no end because for a Chicago sports franchise where Theo and Ricketts and Jed have put the Cubs now, we're in every single discussion every time any free agent comes in. And we've showed with you Darvish and others, Hayward, that we're willing to go get someone that we want and are willing to pay them. If you've grown up in Chicago like myself, this is almost never been the case when free agents came up on the board it was a hope and pray when we like for example when we went and got Jed uh not Jed Hoyer when we went and got Jay Cutler and gave up a ton to go get him that was just stuff we didn't do Chicago sports franchises don't do stuff like that so the fact that it's not even Memorial Day Manny Machado's name or it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to be leaving uh, Baltimore. He's a he's a he's a free agent come next year. They're the worst team in the AL, or if one of the worst teams in the AL. Foregone conclusion that a guy that is early on in the season is putting up triple crown type numbers is going to leave. But the fact that no matter who is coming and who's becoming a free agent, the Cubs are in the discussion. Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. That shit is unbelievable. It never used to be that way. The fact that the Cubs are that franchise now, it's almost baby Yankee-ish. Anytime a name comes up, even John Carlos Stanton, when his name was up, the Cubs name was well, the Cubs are right in the discussion. So that warms my heart. I can't believe, I still can't believe that that's a thing. But it is, and Manny Machado is a foregone conclusion to leave Baltimore. So we're, we're, we're right there in line to talk about it. Let's talk about a few things. We're going to talk about 
Addison Russell because I, I'm not gonna flex. I feel for the guy a little bit. We're gonna break through. We're gonna break down Manny Machado. We're gonna talk about the window. This is why I think it would be insane if we didn't try to go get him and willing to give up Addison Russell. But let's start with um Manny Machado. Obviously, you guys know the deal. The guy's an animal. He's only 25 years old, three-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove guy. And like I wanted to mention, this is the window. And what I mean by window is we still don't have to start paying all these dudes big dollars. Rizzo's deal comes up in a few years. That's post-2019. This window that I'm talking about is 2018, the rest of this year, and all of next year. We got guys like Wilson Contreras. He's still on pre-arbitration. Carl Edwards Jr., pre-arbitration. Javi Baez, arbitration next year. Kyle Hendricks, arbitration. So we don't have to, we don't have to get in the weeds with paying all these dudes tons and tons of money. Still for, for, for a little bit here. Cubs overall team salary. Is fifth in the league. It's right around 183 million, I believe. Somewhere around that figure. For all the talent we have and all the free agents that we've brought in, we're still not in the top three in team salary, which is amazing. If we could go get Manny Machado for the rest of this year, give him a deal starting next year, there's still only three, four people making 23, 24, 25 million dollars. Hayward, Lester, you Darvish. We can lock in Machado, have a year or two where we still don't have to pay Javi, Contreras, all those guys. That that's why I think this is a big deal. Now let's get to Addison Russell. 24 years old, just 2 years ago started in the All-Star game was a big factor in our World Series run. Came up clutch in a lot of spots for us to win that World Series. I want to harp on it's not even Memorial Day. He's going to be hearing about this the rest of the month of May, all of June, and almost all of July until something happens. And if nothing happens, he's still going to have to deal with that the whole way. I feel for him. Anytime a phone rings, if I'm Albert Almora Jr., and we're going to get to him in a second, I'm saying, yo, is that Manny? Hey, pick that up. Is that Machado? <laughs> like, that's that's what I'm on. I mean, for him to have to deal with that for two and a half more months is tough. He's been locked in the last couple days, been reaching base, been doing his thing. But anytime he slips up along this route, hey, Manny's on line one. What did Manny do today? I don't know what Joe Madden can do about the media asking people Manny Machado questions. But man, oh man, Addison Russell's going to be under a lot of a lot of pressure these next couple months. Let's talk about Albert Almora Jr. If you don't know, him and Manny Machado, life for homies. 
Albert was in Manny's wedding. Calls him family. That's his cousin. They play ball together, grew up together. So he's getting a lot of questions about Machado. Would he would he like to play with him, et cetera, et cetera. And I quote Albert Almora Jr. If we were ever to play together again, absolutely, that's the dream, Almora said. I know right when I get right, right when I got back to Miami, I kind of rubbed it in his face a little bit. We would work out, and when he'd give me a hard time, I'd be like, hey, check this ring out. He'd just smile and laugh, but that's about it. That's the goal, man. That's why we play this game. When we talk about family and his when we talk, we talk about family and his wife. We talk about my son and his son, but that's it. That's bullshit. We already know Albert Almora Jr. is talking to Machado about playing for the Cubs, what it's like, what it's like to play at Wrigley every day, what it's like to play for Joe Madden, the winning culture we have over here, why you should want to come here. Albert Almora Jr. posted on his Instagram a picture of him and Machado as youngsters, hashtag TBT, and he, and, he, and he quoted it, good times. This is lobbying. He's lobbying Manny Machado to come to Chicago. And like I mentioned, it's not even Memorial Day. Albert Almora Jr. knows exactly what he's doing, and he will be doing it the next couple months. The funny thing about that is, is he, how are him and Addison Russell? I would love to know how Addy is taking this. Is he being a good sport? Is he talking to Albert every day? What's up, dog? And Are they not talking about that? Obviously, they're probably not too much. But it's obvious what Almora Jr. is doing. Tampering? I don't even know. Who knows what tampering means anyway across all of sports? People are saying if you like tweets, it's tampering. If you unfollow someone, it's tampering. All this other shit. So that's more M- that's more NBA stuff. But it's interesting to to for that dynamic in the locker room. It's not even Memorial Day. The deadline's August first. If I'm Joe Madden, maybe I even have a conversation with Al Mora Jr. My dog. You're doing your thing in center field. You're coming into your own. I see you. I can't have you lobbying for Manny Machado right now. On the low, though, I want him too. Yo, I want him too. But I can't have you in the locker room lobbying for Manny Machado. Eddie Russell's got to deal with this for the next two and a half months full. The dog days of summer. His dog days of summer are are haunted by Manny Machado. People in the stands now holding up signs. We want Machado. This is a 24-year-old shortstop that just started in the All-Star game two years ago. Has a World Series ring. They're ready to ship him. Now let's talk about what we would have to give up. Addison Russell's a foregone conclusion. He would have to go. The rest is is kind of a mystery because 
Baltimore's in a spot where they're kind of locked up. They avoided arbitration last year with Machado, paid him $16 million. He's not staying there. This is the most clear-cut situation where they have to trade someone I've seen in a while in sports. And this is a blatantly obvious one where you have to get rid of Manny Machado. You can't let him walk. You have to get something. I trust Theo Epstein. He's not going to give up a ton to get him when he knows he has all the leverage. So if we could get Manny for Addy and a little bit extra, we got to move it. Have to. Have to, especially to go back to this window talk that we're our, our payroll's only fifth in the league. And we're one of the best teams in the league. There's no doubt about that. And we still have a window to keep that payroll out of the top three. The rest of this year, 2019, we can get that done. So it's going to be an interesting two and a half months of this Machado, Addy Russell talk. The more he struggles, if he does struggle, I wouldn't, I'm not wishing that upon him. I hope Addy plays well. He's on our team. He's a starting shortstop. I want him to do well, but Addison Russell's not Manny Machado. And the more the weeks go by, the more the signs show up in the stands saying, we want Manny from Cubs fans, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out the next two and a half months. The Western Conference Finals just finished up Game 4. Series now tied 2-2. Houston pull off the upset in Golden State, 95-92. Both the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals are now tied. The game just finished, fellas. Give me your first thoughts quick. I'm going to start with you before I get to Pops. How you feel about that game? It was a back and forth matchup. Yeah, it was back and forth, man, like we were just talking about. Uh, it, was a, it was a pretty interesting game, right? It seemed like it was kind of a game of runs. Um, you know, Houston started off the game flat, right? Down 12 nothing. We were like, this is over. What's the point of even watching this? And they came back out in the second. Uh, we're killing it. Harden obviously got going, brought it back. Third quarter, Warriors started doing what the Warriors do. At one point, they were up 10. And then, man, in the fourth quarter, Chris Paul just wouldn't let them lose. That's the difference, right? That's what we were just talking about. Chris Paul would not let them lose and uh, came back and had a big win. I think the Warriors made some mistakes down the stretch. That last uh, that last play where they did have a chance to win the game wasn't the best play. Didn't use their timeout. But overall, man, the war the, uh, the Rockets played a hard-fought game, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah, we're going to go through it all. We'll break it all down. But those initial thoughts are, are kind of spot on to where I'm at. Dad, what did you think after watching the game? You watched it front to back with us. Well, I thought uh, Houston had uh, – they were running a seven-man seven rotation. Didn't nobody else get any time. They had uh, four four players played over 41 minutes. You know, you got Ariza playing 41, Tucker 44, Chris Paul 42, James Harden 43. They had everybody out there. Eric Gordon even put in 35 minutes, and Gerald Green had 12. So uh, it was all hands on deck for Houston, and they needed every minute of this 
of this game to uh to hold Golden, on. They to were hold on to beat Golden State because at the at the end there they were they were trying to hold on for dear life. I think they were stuck at ninety four points for like the last minute forty seconds. Yeah, they missed like three or four jumpers. And then Harden were, looked gassed. Howard, I mean, uh, yeah, excuse me. Harden looked tired. We'll get into that too. <sighs> My thoughts on this, the the game in general is that. It was just a pendulum. Just one team was going after another. I think, Nick, it was a good point that you make that Chris Paul just wouldn't let him lose at the end. I don't know what it is about the third quarter. I don't know what Steve Kerr tells those guys. Everyone knows that they're going to come out and try to punch you in the mouth. They do it, and there's nothing you can do about it. It just shows that when Steph really gets rolling like he was in the third quarter, He's it's it's just it's fascinating to watch and it's un, they're unbeatable when he's like that. But let's I, I want to real quick on that yeah. though about their third quarter thing because I feel like there's kind of almost two ways you can look at it and it's kind of how their whole season has went that they kind of choose pick and choose when to turn it on and for whatever reason they always turn it on in that third quarter. But is that a good thing? You know what I mean? Could they have afforded to play four quarters of really strong basketball like that today and come away with the win? You know, why do they always kind of get to pick and choose when they come out hard, right? If you know what it's going to take to win in the third quarter, why can't you do that for four quarters straight in a game like today? Isn't that kind of what Steph does, though? Like, Kevin Durant will score 10 a quarter, right? Right. Steph will come out and just give you a spurt of, like, 17 in six minutes. Right. So that's kind of what he does. I think recently it's just been in the third quarter. Them as, a, them as a team come out in the third quarter pretty hot. These last two games, Steph has come out ridiculous in the third. Yeah. And outside of those third quarters, he's played very, very, very mediocre. Right. He was 10 of 26 on the day. Um. So, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, do they mean to turn it on like that in the third quarter? I think they do. They want to come out and kind of – They've won so many games throughout the years where they've gotten, especially at home, they've got the crowd going and just put poured on so many points where they just close out games like they did in game three. They won that game in, in game three in a matter of like six or seven minutes in the third quarter. Right. Like the game was over the after that. The game was that. Out, way out of reach. So yeah. I think they, they kind of get together in the third or at halftime and they're like, let's come out and try to close this game out and just put, put step on their throat type of thing. Close them out because then we'll just cruise the rest of the game. But then Houston's mentality is, okay, if we survive that run in the third that we know is coming, right, if we put together the other 80% of that game and we play well, you can come away with the win. And I think now they know that, right? We can survive a ridiculous Steph Curry third quarter if we can contain him for the other three. Because there's clearly something off with him, right? I know he's coming back from injury and everything like that, but we're talking about some of these wild shots that he takes. The difference is he's always taking wild shots. That's nothing new. He would just hit them before. You got anything, Pop? Well, the only difference I could see uh, about that third quarter uh, Golden State push that they try to push every uh, every game is that Houston gave gave themselves a seven point cushion, and so when they did run it off, it kept them within ten points. Mm. Now, if they hadn't had that cushion, it'd have been a twenty point ball game, and the game would have been over, and we would uh, we'd have been turning the channel, looking at another channel, you know, because 
The only thing saved them was that seven that seven point cushion. And then when they got that run, it don't instead of them being up seventeen, they were up seven. Uh, nine, ten. Yeah. Ten. Yeah, exactly. I think ten was the they most up, they took they it to eighty 10, to seventy. Eighty to seventy. So that's 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 the biggest uh, part of that third quarter push. If they got a push like that and they down and, and Golden State's down twelve points, then it's gonna give Houston the cushion that they're not going to be that far down. They'll still be in the game. They usually blow people out in right. the third quarter. And uh, that that was that's what I saw as a big difference in the third quarter, that Houston had a seven-point cushion after, uh, after the first half. I think that's a great point. Yeah. <clears throat> I think there's no different than the run that they made in game three and game four is that Houston separated themselves in the second half exactly. going into halftime up some points so that 17-point blow didn't feel as bad as if they were tied or down four or five at half. Because if they didn't have that seven-point seven uh, cushion, they'd have been down uh, uh, so far that the it would have took, took the life for all them. And then you'd have saw Curry shooting 35-footers yeah. uh, and doing the shimmy. So uh, that's that's what kind of helped them out today. I think that's a good point. That's a great point. And second quarter, to set that up, in the second quarter, Houston scored 34 points to Golden State's 18. Yep. Harden and Paul scored 29 points in the second quarter to Golden State's 18. So I think that cushion does – I think if you keep it within ten to twelve, especially with the firepower that they have, it looks it looks like they can come back. When you go down twenty plus to Golden State in Golden State, that shit looks like it's impossible. And to you, come back yeah, from. you don't believe that you can win that game, so you're not going to come back and win that game. That that is a great point, one hundred percent. And I think the big thing that got those guys rolling, which is funny to say, because Eric Gordon was four of fourteen from the floor, but he was the one that initially started to get them back in the game when he came off the bench. Right. Hit a couple hit a couple jumpers, got to the line. He was 5 of 5 from the free throw line. Got to the line, got those guys going, and then Chris Paul started rolling because if we're going to keep it 100, James Harden disappeared in the second half. Definitely. What do you have 26 in the first half? He didn't do anything. He had 24 in the first half. He had 6 points in the second half. Yeah. Well, James Harden's legs were gone. If if you if you didn't if you didn't notice, in the last ten minutes of that ball game, he was walking around and uh, just uh, exerting energy when he had to. And and uh, if you look at the free throw attempts, uh, Houston had was twenty three of twenty seven. Golden State was thirteen of fourteen from the free throw line, and that was a big difference in the scoring in, in this game. And and uh, Houston, they played pretty good defense. And that last minute defense that they played, they put the screws on uh, Golden State because they saw their chance to win, and they did everything they could to win it, and they and they were successful at it. You know, if if, if you're Golden State, I think the one thing you can kind of hang your hat on on this game is that th- this was such a. I'm looking at the numbers here for both teams offensively. This was such a bad game. If you look at Golden or Houston, they only had 12 assists the entire game, which is crazy on a team with Chris Paul and James Harden, who both averaged 10 assists per game, right? So it was a lot of iso ball, a lot of bad shots, late in the, uh, late in the shot clock, things like that. Obviously, with the score being only 95-92, neither team cracked 100. Um, you know, this isn't a typical game, so I think that if you're Golden State, that gives you confidence going forward, knowing that 
this is probably going to be your worst offensive performance of the of the playoffs. Golden State scored 12 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. That, I don't know if that's going to happen again. They put the screws on them, like I said. Yeah. They, 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 they buckled down on them. They buckled down on them in, the, in, in that fourth quarter. And, and uh, you, they got nine blocks to three blocks in this game. Houston had nine blocks. That's a lot of blocks. That was a team effort today, and uh, they deserve to win it. I think going back to what you said, Nick, before we, right before we hopped on the mic, we were talking about Chris Paul. What you mentioned and kind of what, what, what we were talking about, what the difference is between this team last year and this year, obviously they added Chris Paul, a superstar. But it, we think it's even more than that. Yeah, I think to me it's mental. Um, you know, if you look at last year, you know, one of the big criticisms on Harden is that he quit in the big games. Chris Paul's not going for that. You know, Chris Paul sees the end of his career. You know, not not close, but relatively close. And he's also had a lot of playoff heartbreak, and he didn't come all this way to give up in a game, right? So whereas some guys, and I'm not calling James Harden a quitter, but he's not necessarily a rah-rah leader. He's not going to inspire the troops, right? He's more of a lead-by-example guy. Whereas Chris Paul's in your face saying, we're not going to lose this game. And uh, I think there's value to that, right? So, yeah, someone like Chris Paul, you can tell by the way that he played in the fourth quarter, he refused to lose that game. You know, he he was going all out. When James Harden looked like he didn't want the ball in the fourth, Chris Paul was like, okay, I'll take it. I'll take these big shots. Make or miss, he was there to take the shots. And yeah. uh, I think that that's huge for them. They need that. You need that edge because they're a team that when everything's going well, they look great. But, you know, in the last few years over the playoffs, when you've seen them start to fall apart, they don't have anybody that's there to rally them. You know, P.J. Tucker, Trevor Ariza, those guys can't rally the troops like that. They're not good enough players. They're not impact enough players. And James Harden didn't have a uh, Chris Paul last year to uh, to to have him get a spell. When he's tired, he can just throw the ball to Chris Paul and wait around let Chris Paul do his thing. So he comes out, you know, uh, uh, they came out a lot better. I was very impressed with the defensive structure of Houston. And I have to give Dan Antoni – the Mike, coach, Mike I mean yeah. Mike D'Antoni, he when he took Green out of the game after throwing up them three bricks, yeah, you know that that had he, to get him out. He had, had to, to get him out, and he snatched him out, and that 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 was a good, that was a good coaching move by him. You mentioned James Harden and quitter in the same sentence. I'm not ready to call him a quitter. But I, I've seen on multiple occasions over multiple years, when the going gets tough, he shrivels up a little bit. Yeah. Let's keep it all the way. Let's keep it all the way one hundred. Coming down the stretch of this game, he was even playing hot potato. He would get it. He'd give it back up, or he just he shrivels up. Well, he took a few wide open threes and he missed. That'll take you out of your game when the, when the when the game is on the line. So he he referred to Chris Paul, say, "Hey, I can't hit this open three. But what you, about you going to, to the basket? Those. Right, drawing fouls, go, which go, is the thing he's, that he's, he's he's supposed to be the best at. He's a master at drawing fouls or or getting to the line, drawing fouls, getting to the line. He shot five free throws, and if I had to guess, I don't I don't know the exact number. He shot maybe two in the second half. Yeah. But in the fourth quarter, the referees are not calling them slap fouls. 
on on but his hand when, when he goes in there. Fouls. That's his whole they, game. Yeah, and he they're not calling those fouls in the in the, in the second, finals in the second half. James Harden had six points, and if I'm if I'm remembering this correctly, one of them was at the bucket on a layup. But I didn't see him go he to the basket. He had a couple. He had a couple. He didn't buckets. go to the basket as much as he could have. He, he had as many free throw attempts as Clint Capella. He had one more free throw attempt than PJ Tucker. One more free throw attempt than Trevor Ariza. So he was pretty much doing the same thing that everybody else. And was he doing gets out to the there. line eight times eight, a year. Eight, eight, no, eight. I think it's line about ten times a game. Is it up there that high? It's something ridiculous. It's like a historical pace of getting to the line. Yeah, like that's, during that's, the year, he's at the line gets, eight and a half, nine, yeah, ten he gets, times. You know, forty percent of his points from the free throw line. You you guys don't understand. This man played forty four minutes. So is he playing too many? And minutes? he's playing on defense. He's wore out. He's not. He's not. He's set. not playing that much defense though. Yeah. No. Oh yeah, he's playing no, he's defense. Not. No, he's he not. did have three steals. I mean, give the man credit. I'm not going to just uh, kick the man in the balls, you know. Oh, no, he, had a, he had a good – I mean, look, we talk about – How the, many points did he score, 30? 30. He scored 30 he points. He scored six in the second half, though. That's and okay. The, and the game got tight. But we talk about how important that second quarter was for what happened at the end of the game, right? And he was the catalyst for that first 100%. half of that game. So, I mean, if you look at it that way, like, yeah, he did his job, but – He's a superstar, and you want four quarters from superstars. And at the end of the game, he should be the one closing it out. But thank God they have Chris Paul, right? That's what happens when you have well, that's two why, superstars. That's why I was saying yeah, he didn't have Chris Paul last year to, to give him a spare. This man played 44 minutes back and forth against Golden State, exerting all that energy on defense. He may not can't play defense, but he did try to play it. He's just not – he just don't have the foot speed that these these guards have. Can these guys go seven deep the rest of the series? Yeah, I think they're going to have to. I mean, looking at their bench, who else are they going to play? You can't play Gerald Green again after. I mean, you can try to play Gerald Green and see what you're going to get from him, but he's a quick hook type guy. Are here. there no minutes for Ryan Anderson? I don't think there's no. any. I don't think. Is, he, is he hurt? They, they had a seven-game rotation. Yeah. That, I mean, Seven-man rotation. Tariq Black. Uh, I know Mababute is hurt. Um yeah, I don't. I don't really see how they're going to go any deeper. You need a reason in there for defense. You need PJ Tucker to play almost every minute of the game. Um, and yeah, your only real, I guess, fluctuation you get is with Clint Capella, who they yeah. decide to sit for a lot of the second half. Right. So, I, yeah, I think that that's their roster right now. That's who they're going with. It's gonna. It's interesting now, dog. Both series are are two two. They're both locked in. I'm excited about that. I got a couple questions for you guys. I want to get your opinion on that. We talked about CP3 being the leader. How big of a deal was Andre Iguodala not playing for Golden State? Because from from what I could see, that put extra pressure on Jamon Green to be running around. When, when James Harden punched on him, it was because – of a lazy play on Steph Curry's part, Draymond was trying to clean up on defense and he got punched on. Yeah. So, okay. so is how big of a deal do you think missing Iguodala was? Defensively, you already you already spoke on it, right? But I think offensively, losing that other ball handler and having at that point to replace him with either what Nick Young, uh, Kevin Looney is getting minutes in his absence, even though he's a center. Um, all those other guys, um, you're losing that that next ball handler, which is going to be Iguodala. I know you're not a big Iguodala guy, but in today's NBA, versatility is key. 
and he's a Swiss Army knife, right? You can plug him pretty much anywhere on the floor. They had him starting at point guard when Steph was out. He can slide all the way down to the four. He can guard five positions. So when you have a guy like that, and he does provide a little bit of offense, um, when you have a guy like that that you're used to playing with every game who does all those things, then you kind of take him out. You saw they were a little bit out of sorts. They didn't really know who to put in that fifth spot because he, no one that they put in that fifth spot so, can even begin to so, replicate what he does. So are we giving uh, Golden State an excuse in this game? Not at all. Just because uh, Iguodala didn't play this great super team, Iguodala doesn't play, and now the reason is he didn't play. <laughs> good, I, I, good point. That's why he lost to Houston. That's why they lost to Houston. Nah. I'm going to give you a little tidbit here. Golden State is in trouble. You think so? I know so. Golden State is in trouble. I can. I, I just is. They got to go back to Houston, and then got to come back again if Houston wins in Houston. Yeah, they don't want that. I'm tell you, them thirty foot three start rattling in and out when stuff like that happens, man. They are under a lot of pressure now. You're gonna see what they're made of now. They gonna if they are if they are as you say they are. They will go in the game five and blow Houston out at home. Okay. If they're they're tough as they're advertised, they will blow Houston out at home. And if they don't, it's going to be the Cavs and Houston in the finals. That's my prediction. Wow. Okay. That's my prediction. Okay. And then I know LeBron James. So what, you got Houston Houston in seven? Yeah, exactly. Houston is seven. It's got to go seven now. They messed up. They go one and one and then go back to Houston. For Houston game had the home court advantage. That was their advantage. Now they just capitalized they it on up. it. They evened it back up. They're going home. If they win at home, Golden State's done. Golden State ain't going to win two two games in Houston. It's best out of three now with two in Houston. You think – Houston gets two at home. Houston gets both of them at home. What do you think about that, Nick? That's interesting, man. For me, it's hard for me to see. Um, it's hard for me to see a situation that Golden State doesn't win this series, and I still feel that way because I feel like when you kind of look at the numbers again, Kevin Durant didn't have a great game. What are the chances Terrible of that happening game. again? Clay Thompson had ten. What are the chances of that happening He's, again? He might be a little nicked up. We got to we got to see on that. Well, yeah, what, yeah. What's a good yeah. game for Kevin Durant? What do y'all call a good game? Efficiency. efficiency. No, no, no. Efficiency. Yeah. Twenty-seven that we noticed. Remember, I told you then the game. Damn, he had twenty-seven. It's like a twenty-seven that you notice, right? Uh, for Steph, Curry. there's games where Durant scores twenty-seven on like thirteen shots. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. What was his shot, shot attempt today? He, he was nine one. of twenty-four from the floor. Yeah, so not very good. So that's, that's, that wasn't very good. Yeah. At all. At the same time, um, Houston showed me a lot today. I mean, they definitely did. Like they showed I said, some heart, bro. They showed heart, and because, that's what you want to see. Because when, I'm going to tell you this. That game three, they didn't want to play that game nope. anymore. They couldn't wait for that shit to be over. Wanted no smoke. I mean, maybe maybe that's just it's kind of like one of those things where they, they knew and, they could And they're kind of lucky that they're going back home. To get that rest, cause they expended a lot. Of, yeah, they put everything on the line tonight. That's a good point. And and they got to win. Now, if they had to play the next day after the, uh, the day after tomorrow, they probably would get you know a uh, uh, blown out. They but now they problems. got a extra day of rest. 
going yeah, they don't, home. They don't play till Thursday. And 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 they that's why I I, I got to pick them. I got to pick them in the whole series. You know, I picked uh, I took the eight points today with Houston. You know, I should have bet the money line, right? Hindsight <laughs> is twenty twenty. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. I, I should have picked the money line, yeah. but but I didn't. Should have parlayed it. Yeah. For me, for me, your dad, dad, your your memory is short because we just saw what Golden State can do in Houston. They're not afraid to go to Houston and handle business. No, you, they're not afraid. You saw you saw that in Game One. They're not afraid to go in but there. But Houston and, just went into Golden State and beat them. That's going to give them a lot of uh, uh, motivation for for Game Five, man. When's, when's, the, when's the last time that Golden State lost back to? Uh, I, that's a dumb question. I know when it was when they were down three one against LeBron and them boys. Yeah. I was going to say that's <laughs> probably the last time they've lost back to back playoff games that I can think of. I'm going to tell you this. This is a must win for Houston. Yeah. Put it like that. Because if Houston goes home and loses, and they're down 3-2 going back to Oracle, night, it's night. a blowout runaway. Yeah, night, night. Well, I, I, I agree with that. But they're so, they not going to lose so, game five. But, but that's the thing, though. Golden State's in a little better position because they can go to Houston, lose, go home and get a W, and then it's game seven and – in who, Houston. Who knows what can happen, though, in the game seven. In Houston, true. But who knows what can happen there? 100%, yeah. It's a it's another – that's back-to-back must-win games for Houston. Back-to-back must-win games for Houston, you, so. You just you just don't want to be facing these boys in an elimination game is the issue. So so it's got to be back-to-back. Yeah, Houston's got to win back-to-back. Yeah, got to win. It's got to be back-to-back wins for Golden State, too, then, right? Are we counting them out? Well, well, I mean, at some point, someone's going to have to win two in a row because I think Houston wins at home, but that, that only gives them three wins, and then Golden State's not going to – game six, Golden State will not lose at, in, at Oracle Arena. The, I, and I, the spread will I, – I could put the spread at 12 points. No, oh. I, don't, I, I don't care what happens in game five. Or, or they will win in Oracle game six by 15, 16 points. Elimination game or not? I I can kind of I can kind of you see understand that. what I'm saying? But I wouldn't give up twelve points. No, uh, I'm not going to give up twelve points to to Houston. We're ready to do the you eight know. and a half today. What do you think the line's going to be? But it's going. What be, do you think the line's going to be? Line's, line? Line's going to be the same thing it was today. Same okay, eight and, and a half. Eight and a half. That's that's what it's going to be. Vegas Vegas don't get hyped I would, up about. I would give up lines. eight and a half. They're going to give up eight and a half points. That's it. So, Why wouldn't they? You know, Vegas don't go with this momentum stuff. The computer spits out eight and a half, and they go with eight and a half. <laughs> That's yeah. what you got. That's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> now, they tweak it a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. Game five in Houston, Thursday. Get ready right before Memorial Day weekend. You'll be uh, we're gonna see some more action. Western Conference Finals. I'm just glad we got a, some more ball games to watch. Cause once the NBA season is over, and I'm watching baseball, dog days of summer. Oh my God! You know I'm playing solitaire on my computer.
All right, I know we're a couple days removed now, but we got to talk Boston, Cavs. They're also tied 2-2 Eastern Conference Finals. And if y'all know, if my pops is could talk about anything in the world, it's LeBron James during basketball season, especially in the playoffs. MVP. Always, no matter what. He was MVP this year. And I bet if people could vote right now, if the vote was today, he'd win the MVP. Votes that, already in for that, huh? Yeah, the that's votes are already James in Harden. for that. That's the James Harden's award. Yeah. Okay, James Harden is going to get it, but nah. If, 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 the MVP, that's always been a – MVP voting should be at the end of the season. That's always been a – an interesting conversation because it's a regular season award, so it's tough to base it on the playoff stuff as well. MVP is it should be how you perform, you know, when the going gets tough. So is Terry Rozier an MVP candidate? <laughs> Who Terry Rozier? That's a good that's a good question. Over LeBron James? Well, no, 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 no he's I'm just saying, saying is he in the discussion? Then if that's the case, Terry Rozier. I saw Terry Rozier's last game. He didn't look, he didn't look too good. To <laughs> he <me>. looked too <laughs> hot. <laughs> I saw his last game. How do you think he looked? <laughs> well, that's that's you know. a perfect segue. Well, look. So, Boston goes up 2-0. And I got a question for you, Dad. I want, I'm, I'm interested to get your opinion on this. But as everybody knows, Boston goes up 2-0 in dominating fashion. We go back to Cleveland they are now, they tie it up, win 2-2. How do you feel initially about them getting back in the series? How do you, yeah, just give, me your, give me your initial thoughts about, about them getting back in the series and where you expect it to go from here. What was the difference? What was the difference in the Cavs getting back in the series? What did they do in game three and four that they didn't do in game one and two, in your opinion, in your eyes? I really feel that uh... – Cleveland them was just just not playing well in, in, in Boston. But like I told you before, they were going to tie this series up. I told you they were going four straight. You did say that. Okay, and they won the next two. Now they're going to go back to Boston, and I plan for them to beat uh, Boston their first loss at home. And then close it out in Cleveland. And then close it out in Cleveland. That's the way I predicted the outcome because uh, I've been watching LeBron James. You know how LeBron James is is like, uh, you know, he might as well be Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, okay, hey, okay. LeBron is the man. The I, I, I don't care what they say about him. Okay, what he does, what I've been watching him do this season is just remarkable. And 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 all the haters out there, they can keep hating, and he's gonna keep dropping those buckets on you. And uh he's gonna make you like him. That's how he's playing now. He's playing so well, the people that don't like him is gonna have to like him. Cause he's gonna make you like him. Facts. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know about the whole Jesus Christ part of it, but yeah, he's <laughs> he uh He's definitely playing at a different level, man. And, I mean, it really – this whole entire series comes down to LeBron James, right? If you look at the – if you look at Boston, they're better in every single aspect than the Cavaliers except for one reason, LeBron James, right? They're a better coach team. 
They have better depth. They have better starters. They play better. They're just all around a better team, right? But the difference is LeBron James, right? And that's how good of a player he is, that he's able to win in spite of his teammates. I mean, that th- this Cavaliers team, we've been saying it all year long. This is not a good ball club. Not in the least bit. This is one of the worst teams that LeBron has had to play with in this era. But I think uh, understood, right? That's the narrative for sure. It's the truth. But he got some help in game three and four in Cleveland. Great. That's what they're supposed to do. They're NBA players. But Yeah, but is that the difference? That's I think, that, in, in my eyes, that's the difference. Yeah. They had six players in double figures in game three. You can't win it by yourself. You can't win right. by yourself. I'm not. You got to get help. Come on, fellas. I'm not doubting that. I understand that. But what I'm saying is the difference between one, two, and three and four is that J.R., Kyle Korver, and those guys are scoring buckets. Six players in double figures in game three, five players in double figures in game four, and Jordan Clarkson scored nine points, I think. So Yeah, that yeah, was that was garbage. He time, had though. he had no points in the last game. In game five, Jordan Clarkson? Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson has zero points. Then I think must, you're thinking about uh that must have been game three. J.R. Smith had nine. J- you thinking about game three. But but look, that's that's how good LeBron is, right? We're talking about Jordan Clarkson scoring five points as a valuable contribution, right? That's how good LeBron is, right? If we can just get four points from Jordan Clarkson, we'll be okay. Yeah, I was talking like, about J.R. Smith. Yeah. Excuse me. Listen, well, if we can get nine from J.R. Smith, we'll be okay, right? Like, that's that's stats. how good they are. Listen to these is. stats in the playoffs. Jordan 30, Clarkson had nine points in game three, excuse me. Yeah. But, yeah, go ahead. 33.7. 55.0 shooting percentage, 8.7 rebounds, 9 assists with that 33.7 points per game in the playoffs. Right? Does that sound right? And he's got six 40-point yeah. games. That's and a, that's and a, with six 40-point games, I, I – and then we, we just take that as, you know – that's just LeBron James. Six 40-point games out of 15. <laughs> Incredible. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't say too much about that because if he gets help, which game five, Corva. Game four, I, yeah. I, I don't think nobody game four, can, I, yeah. I don't think nobody can outshoot him when he's open. You're not taking Clay in them guys? I ain't taking Clay. I'm not even taking Steph Curry. When Culver gets ro- rolling, he's know, like, have, "Have you been?" Watching? I know you love Cleveland, but and damn, I, bro! And I, I'm talking about Culver. I'm talking about Culver too. I've been watching too. him as an individual. Culver's he, got a burner. He ain't no. He's no joke. He's no joke, and he's gonna go into Boston, and if he's gonna hit his three or four threes, Jr.'s gonna get two or three threes. Kevin Love's going to get his 12 points, 18, you know, 18 rebounds or 18 rebound or 18 points and 12 rebounds and that's all LeBron James is going to need. Just some help. That's he, all he needs. He's, he's not it's even some help. He doesn't not, need you to go off. He's not even getting 18 at this point. If you look at Kevin Love, you want to talk about a stat. Kevin he played Love terrible the last the other night. Is averaging 15 points and 10 rebounds in the playoffs. He's shooting 39% from the field. That's what I'm saying. 39% from the field the for game Kevin Love. Five, 
He's going to uh, – he has to uh, do better than that. Now, let's talk about – but Boston now, they haven't played all that well. No. And they and they they tightened it up a little bit in game four. They only they ended up losing the game by nine points. Yeah, but, but the, it was the, getting the, tight. The last points were garbage points. But it was getting tight. Yeah. It was tight down the stretch in that game. Yeah, they were 13 up all, all game. Boston at home, those young boys are different players. Yep. They're different team at, at home. They're almost superhuman in Boston, and then when they go away, they look like rookies and they look like regular players. Rozier, Tatum, Brown. A lot of them are rookies and regular players. Right. But they don't, they don't, they don't look, look like that, that way at home. No, that's and what that, I'm saying. And a lot, that's, that's Brad Stevens. I mean, you know, on, on, when we could talk about this all day, on, just on a quick side note, the rest of the league needs to be careful next year when Brad Stevens brings two all-stars back to this team. So the rest of the league should be on high alert for next year when he brings two all-stars back into this he's, rotation. That's going to be a very oh, big oh. maneuvering process. But he's figured but. it out. Trying to make Tatum and Brown work together was a new maneuvering process, and he's figured it out. This dude's such a good coach that he'll make it work. Plus, they'll be losing smart. They'll probably be use, losing Rochier. There'll be some minutes to be had for those guys to uh, come back in. But besides that. Is he a good coach now? Brad Stevens? Yeah. He's a phenomenal coach. Yeah. And what mm. makes him phenomenal? What the fact mean? that this team is in the Eastern Conference Finals no, and they that, lost their they, top they two got, players. They, 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 didn't, they, didn't, they didn't lose the top two players. They lost the top player. I don't think he was the number two player. No, no, no. They lost. I don't think he's better than Brown or, or, or uh, Tatum. Oh, why? I don't I think. Mean, I, well, he's probably not I, better I than Al Horford. I, everybody keeps saying that one. He, they lost the f- number one yeah. and number two player. I don't think so. Well, either way, either way, he's you an impact player. You look at Brown player. and look at Tatum. How much is Haywood better than them? I've been telling about Jason Tatum. Okay. I mean, that's a loaded – Gordon Hayward is a problem. Gordon people, Hayward is a good people player. People are always front-running and jumping on the bandwagon. They hit it. Oh, they're the top two players. He's got the top two players. He's missing the top two He's missing the, the top player and the fifth top player probably. No. Yeah. Ooh. No. Get out of here, well, man. Well, what three, what three players contribute? Rozier, Tatum. Rozier's not better than Gordon Hayward. Hey, can y'all <laughs> can we stop the Al Horford hate for no. a minute here? Y'all really got to stop not bringing up Al Horford's names. I understand the points on on the board. If you watch the game, Al Horford he, is he the second best impact. player on that team. And I used to makes throw an impact. Lot, I used to throw a lot of shade at Al Horford. He's very, 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 very well, good. He's a very good player. About, Any uh, team Hayward in the NBA would take Al Horford two. right now. I'm Why gonna tell, y'all hey, making a uh, hey. Haywood number two? Then? But I'm going to tell you this. Tristan Thompson been locking his ass up. That's fine. Last two games. Well, yeah, yeah, a- Al Horford ain't been doing shit the last two games. Tristan Thompson That's a whole different story. Up. But I-, I did used to throw a lot of a lot of shade at Al Horford. I-, I give him more respect than I used to, for sure. He's a he he contributes, he's a problem. But I'm gonna tell you these last two games, he got his ass locked up. He ain't been doing shit. So who's the best player on their team? Kyrie Irving. And who's the second best? Up for discussion. It's up for discussion. I think we can't. Well, we why, can't is, say, why is it up for discussion? That's that's because Hayward's not playing right. That's now. Gordon known, ha- ain't it? Gordon yeah. Hayward's all star. That's known though, right? Gordon, Gordon Hayward is all NBA. Yeah, Gordon Hayward's all star perimeter player. You must not have seen him in Utah. He's given twenty six a game oh, last yeah, year. Oh yeah, I have seen. Him. You must not. You must not have been I looking have hard. I have seen enough. him. I have seen him. I saw Kevin Love in Minnesota too. <laughs> Those weren't playoff teams, though. So far, Utah we, was a playoff team last no, year. No, it just depends on who you're playing for and who you're playing with. Damn. Oh, man. The Gordon Hayward. I don't Celtics, know about yeah. Celtics are loaded. 
Yeah, loaded, they are. They're loaded no like that. Haywood is not the second best player on that team. He's going through Al Horford. He's going through Tatum. And Jalen Brown, you're saying. And Jalen Brown. Jason, the problem, Tatum. Jalen Brown is he's a, is. Uh, he's a dog. Watch out for him. Yeah. And everybody's just jumping on that bandwagon. Well, they out of the first and second place best player. No, they're not. It's interesting you say that because me and I was thinking about this. So what? Because I'll get both of your guys' takes on this before we get back to the whole series and, and the Eastern Conference Finals in general. Because he's going to have to cut some minutes from Stevens. And I don't think he's going to cut him from Jalen Brown and Tatum. So are they, are they going to play the same amount of minutes as Hayward? Yeah, I think the cool. I think the good thing about Jalen Brown is he seems to be okay coming off the bench. You know, here and there, he's so versatile. You can you can plug him in a lot of different spots. Jason Tatum is a perimeter scorer, right? He's gonna get his buckets no matter what happens, right? So I think you're good there. I think you probably have to look at Hayward at the two, right? And your and your your crunch time lineup could look something like Irving, Hayward, Tatum, Brown, Horford. That's a nice lineup. It's a nice lineup. And then off the bat, I mean, then at that point, you know, I think you're going to lose Marcus Smart because they just it doesn't make sense to try to pay him right now because you got to bring these other guys back that, in. When you take Marcus yeah. Smart off the floor, you like taking Draymond Green off of Golden State. Don't y'all know that? Yeah, but you're adding in Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. Well, Kyrie Irving ain't going to lock nobody down like uh, uh, Smart. He's rough. He's the rough Steven, house. Stevens likes Smart. He, he loves, a, he loves those the, grinders. Uh, Smart's going to have to get some time. Gonna He's have, just like Draymond Green for Golden State. You take Draymond Green off of Golden State, they start to get soft. I don't think Smart's going to be back. That's the issue. I think someone's going to try to pay Marcus Smart, and they can't. They can't fit that into what they're trying to do. Because yeah, remind, they got to pay. They got to pay Jalen Brown in two years. They got to pay Tatum in three years, right? Well, so, that's. I mean, we're not thinking about three years down I mean, the road yet. But, and that Horford contract's coming up soon but too. What that was I, a four-year deal, don't right? Understand is y'all y'all thinking about what is Boston going to do next year? I'm when Haywood and Irving get back. I'm wondering where LeBron James is going to be. Well, yeah, no, hold year. up. Before we, we, we don't want to go off the rails with that because we, we can. Yeah, I already took us that. off the rails with the yeah. whole Boston yeah, yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. We, but we, I just, just kind of oh, wanted to hear oh, what y'all okay. think about that okay. because yeah, yeah. That, that roster is nuts. Absolutely, they got a. I mean, Danny Ainge did his thing there. He's put together. It's a. a oh, good and they still got a pick coming up. Yeah, and they, they still got, got another pick coming up. They still got a pick. That Brooklyn trade is the gift that keeps on giving. Guys, we we touched on this earlier about the coach. You said Boston has a great coach. Brad Stevens is a great coach. When they won the first two games, that's all you heard about was who was the best on the uh, the Celtics squad. And they said, well, I think it's Brad Stevens is the, is the reason that they're winning these games. That's what everybody's talking about. So they go to Cleveland and they lose two games in a row. Now, does Brad Stevens have anything to do with that? Or he gets a pass. He only gets credit when they win, but when they lose, nobody says nothing about it. Is is does he get credit for those two losses in Cleveland? I guess that's a good point. The media yeah. hasn't given him any slander for the two losses. It more goes on them being young and being not as good away from home. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, that's true. Just like Steve Kerr today, when he didn't call that timeout. Oh well, they'll, they'll never talk bad about Steve you Kerr. See, but I'm watching. I'm watching all the time, and I see it. And speaking of, you know, Brad Stevens and Steve Kerr and all the coaches, Ty Lue adding Tristan Thompson to the starting lineup 
has been a big time game changer. Definitely. Yeah, I thought the same. I think his confidence was just shot, man. His confidence was a couple months over here. His girl, he's been a punchline. His girls, he's out here. He's out here on the TMZ cameras. First of all, Tyron Lue, he don't get no credit. He's he's just there. LeBron's coaches are never going to get any credit. You know when they when he didn't call that timeout with eight seconds and ran that play and LeBron threw that bank shot up there and thing that was a great call. Are we talking about the runner? Yeah. Against they Toronto? Called, they could have called timeout on that. But they didn't. He said, the floor would be wide open. We got eight seconds to get down there. LeBron can go do his thing. And LeBron took him to the promised land. So, I got to give Teron Lou a little credit. But, you know, LeBron is, uh, he, he's, he, he's the man. There's no doubt about it. I got a question for you. Because this, this – kind of bothers me a little bit because it, it, it puts so much stress on him and the rest of the team going forward in the series. This whole LeBron game one, I got to feel shit out. No, you don't. He knows what he has to do against Boston. He knows it's not being passive and shooting jump shots. He knows he needs to go to the bucket like he's done in every other game since. Why... He sacrifices that game one, and he does that. He's done that in multiple series. How do y'all feel about that? Is it is it a rest thing? Is it is he really evaluating that much? I don't I don't buy it. Right. Well, he he did it he did it in game four. Did you watch him when he first came out? What did do you mean? You, when 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 uh, Cleveland in the first quarter of game four. If you watch LeBron James, he wasn't shooting. He wasn't doing anything. He was passing and looking and throwing the ball. And LeBron James analyzes the game. He gets a feel of how the game is going to go. He knows what he should do. You know what I mean? If his team is hitting him shots, but then when they stop hitting shots or they're not hitting their shots, then he goes into his mode. But if he can get the, his, his team to contribute and Culver and JR and Kevin and all them are scoring, he just lays back and he just assists. He just throws it. And then when they run into a rough spot, you'll see him take off. LeBron James, I but, really believe, can average 40 points a game if he wants to. Oh, yeah. But doesn't he know coming out in a game one of a series – away from home that he needs to go get 40? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't buy this. He needs to evaluate. And it's it's almost like he just – it's almost like he's taking maybe, the game Maybe it's off. the opposite and he knows that he doesn't have to, right? Maybe he knows I don't necessarily need to come out in game one like that because I played enough seven-game series in my life to kind of know how it goes. So maybe I use that first game. Obviously, I'm trying to win. I'm trying to do my best. But I kind of want a roadmap for the series because I do better when I have a roadmap for the series. Well, let me like someone like him, he's so he's so in tune with what's going on. I, I I really believe that there's. I sound like your dad now, but I really believe like there's a method to what he has going <laughs> on. You know, like I believe in what he's doing. You know, so it's kind of hard to question him, in the sense that like I don't. I think at this point you have to trust whatever instinct that he has because he's been to seven straight NBA finals. And let me let me ask you, you guys this. At the beginning of the playoffs, what was everybody saying when the playoffs started? 
What was everybody saying when the playoffs started? Well, that even you, that what Cleveland wasn't coming out of the East. Cleveland ain't coming out of the East. Cleveland ain't getting out the first round. Cleveland ain't getting out the second round. Not Cleveland's tied two to two in the conference finals. Okay, and it's because of one man, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, that's true. Okay, <laughs> that is true. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. He's 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 yeah, he's been out of his mind. He's going for 32-7-9 on 54% shooting in this series alone. I mean, yeah. He's in his 15th season, 33 years old. Juice. You know, when he when he went to the basket the other the other night in Cleveland and he and he brought it down and pumped and then, it and, and, and then, then flushed it, reversed it. dunked. Yeah. I just shook my head. Yeah, I, I was. Just, I just said. Mm-hmm. I was a little shocked by that. He's at a different level, man. I mean, like we could sit around and talk about this till we're blue in the face, but like you thought he was twenty five he, years he's old. At a different level that. again, yeah. man. He he's mastered the art of the seven game series. He's mastered the art of the seven and game series because he can take it how he they, wants to. And they ask him, "Well, what do you well, what do you think about uh what do you think about winning uh." You know, the, the, the first, you know, first seed or the second seed or the third seed. He said, well, we don't have to win the first seed. Yeah, he didn't even care. He didn't even care what seed they came so in. Could have came this he the said the good. team that plays us should hope that we don't fall too low. Right. Okay. They got to deal with us. And and and, and LeBron, I, I've been watching him since he was 17 years old, man, and – uh I am very impressed with the guy. He's like a perfect athlete to me. He's like a perfect person. <laughs> he loves this guy. You that slow music that's playing this shit. Wait, so I got a question for you though. You're not. You don't. Yeah. You still believe that Michael Jordan is better than LeBron James, right? Uh, yeah, I do. I in that in his era, but not in this era. He's starting that's a caveat. To, <laughs> but yeah, but that, that, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole either. Yeah. All right. So since. I've been to all of Michael Jordan's games. You think? Well, we're not going down that rabbit hole because that is too deep. It's too okay, deep. Okay, okay. But you think the Cavs are going to win four straight? It's over in six I games. I think they're going to run them four straight out. What about you, Nick? Yeah, probably. I, I would have to say that I think that's what's going to happen. I think that the momentum is in Cleveland's favor, and you don't really want to see Man. Brown. I, I, but it's so hard because how, Boston how hasn't lost. How soon they forget, bro? TD Garden is going to be rocking. J.R. Smith does nothing on the road. Yeah. All those other motherfuckers do nothing on the road. Kevin Love is playing like, it's playing terrible right now. So So all of a sudden, they're just going to go into TD Garden and just roll over them, huh? I didn't say that. We've seen seen LeBron score. We've seen LeBron score 42, 43, 45 trip points. In a loss. in, in, In a loss. What make I don't see how that why that couldn't happen because the team is too young. Yeah, I think the momentum. They're yeah, not they, experienced yeah. in the playoffs in this type of. Uh, I just told uh, you this series is LeBron going. LeBron has mastered the art of the seven game series. Okay, uh, okay. To answer my own question. Okay, this let's is, say they on, lose. Wait, wait. Let's say they lose. This is going seven games. This okay. series is going seven games. <laughs> and if it goes seven, Cleveland's gonna win it. I, I agree with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I do think they win this next game going home, though. So, so they okay. And okay. you don't, but you don't think so. I so, don't think so. If you but don't think if so, they do, it's going seven. And, and I got LeBron James in the seven game series 
If you got LeBron James on your team. I agree with that. Y'all are talking momentum and all this. So then what's the line in Boston? I was just going to ask you Because it's going to be Cleveland minus two. You want me to tell you? I ain't seen that. I don't know. It hasn't but come out yet. Gonna, Cleveland's favorite when Boston Cleveland, hasn't lost a game in the playoffs. It'll be Cleveland off. minus two. That would be interesting. Okay. Because Boston is the Boston's the one seed. You they haven't lost a game in the playoffs all year. And Cleveland played in Boston. Yeah, Boston is the Raptors were the one seed, but yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, the two yeah, seed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. What was the line last game for the Raptors in 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 uh, in Boston? When they played Cleveland after they had won the first game. Game two, I think it was, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was Cleveland minus two in game two. And that's the same line it's going to be when they come back. I told you, Vegas don't fluctuate like that. It's going to be minus two with Cleveland again. I'm taking, I'm, if you're going to give me points in Boston, mm-hmm. I'll take them. Yeah, that's, that's the trick. I'll take them. However, that's, many, that's, however many it is you want to give me, I'll take them. Because Rozier knows – they showed the graphic the other night. They Rozier scores four more points at home. Tatum scores – oh, Tatum was the only one that scored more points on the road. But Jalen Brown scored more points on the road. I mean, they're different guys at home. They're comfortable. I don't know what it is. But on the same token, J.R. Smith away from home forgets how to play basketball. Do you remember how bad he played in game two? It was one of the worst basketball games I've ever seen. He had no points. He was like 0 of 9 from the field. He had a flagrant foul. He was awful. A zero. He was lost on defense. And then he gets to Cleveland. He remembers how to play all of a sudden. And he starts playing well. That's not going to change. And he needs all those buckets from all those other guys. J.R., Kyle, Kevin. Kevin's playing bad. JR is a zero on the road. I don't see how they go home, how they go back to Boston and, and and win that game. Why does Boston have to play well? They don't I mean it's not a foregone conclusion that they, they play have, well. What if but they have an off game? They've Yeah, I mean it's possible. I obviously, yeah, it's possible, but they haven't they haven't had one yet. Not in not not in in uh, the garden they not, haven't. That's and that's where they're playing. Well, I think with every game that they play, too, the moment gets bigger for Boston, and at some point something's got to give. You know what I mean? They are going up against the best player in the world, and eventually that luck is going to run out. You know what I mean? And so I think to your dad's you think point, it's luck though, not luck, man. Luck's not the right word. Uh, that that the whatever pressure, they have going for them, that carefreeness the that they're to, able to play with, the pressure starts to build. Because right now they've been playing with house money since the first round. Honestly, I mean, no one expected them to get this far. Everybody thought they were done. Everybody people, thought they were done when Kyrie wasn't coming back. People have been going broke betting against the Cavs this playoff run. You know how many much people have lost their money betting against Cleveland first round. Second round, the two games in 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 Cleveland. I understand that Cleveland's won two in a row, but you you're not remembering it, it game one matter. and two in the Garden. They bust their ass. What game have you done two. for me lately? Yeah, that's all that matters, baby. I remember game three and four. Yeah, one and two. I remember game one and two, and I remember them being down a statue amount of points, Boston, in one of those games. And they came back and won, right? <clears throat> yeah, it was game two. Yeah, that was game two. Cleveland had a lead in that game. And they and they and they, and they floundered it away. Okay. Let Boston 
Cleveland go up in Boston the next game and go up. You, you guys don't remember. You, I mean, you just don't remember. Why are you riding so hard for this game one and game two? Boston is what I want to know. Because I like they're to a different animal in Boston. They bust their ass game one. They stayed taunt. They stayed. They were they were down 10, 12 points in game two, hung tough, played extremely well down the stretch, and ended up winning game two. Right. They go on the road and lose to LeBron James at home. They get smoked in game three. They played tough in game four, hung in there, ended up losing. Now they're going back home where they haven't lost a game. Their young players play extremely well at home. I'm not saying that it's a foregone conclusion that they they win the game, but the way y'all are talking, did Tristan this Thompson, over. Did Tristan Thompson play in, in game one and two? Tristan Thompson did not start in game one and two. That's and, a good point. And that, that's, a, that's and, another, and, and, and that's going to be the difference. I don't know why he was out in the first place. Do you? He's Ty Lue has been weird about how he gives Thompson minutes. I mean, some games he plays him, and some games why he gives is that six minutes? Let's Ty Lue's not that good of a coach. Not at all. Ty Lue kind of he tries different shit, and this this he this happened to work. They needed to do something because Al, Al Horford was killing them in game one and two. So he went and got Tristan, and that was that that was what and he that did solved there. that that solved the Al Horford problem, right? It seems so so far. But I understand when you said Boston is uh. They were playing out of their mind at home. They wasn't missing nothing. They've been playing all. It's been all playoffs, though. Not all playing. No, not all the playoffs. They haven't lost. They've lost TD Garden. They haven't playoffs. lost at home. So they've lost home. all. They wrote one. They lost well, every but, road but game Dad, but we're one. We're talking about the game that they're going home. Game five is in Boston. But they're not going home, and they're not playing the best guy in the world either. They haven't lost to anybody. Including the if best they were that the good, world. they would have went into Cleveland and won one of those games. I'm, I understand that you won't say nothing bad about no, the Cleveland they Cavaliers and the James. They, I understand that. All right, they would have won but, one of those games <laughs> if they were superior of over Cleveland. Don't I'm you not think? Saying they're a superior team than the Celtics or than the the Cavs. All I'm saying is. You guys saying they're going to win four straight and the series is over? It's going six? I don't believe so. I think Boston takes game five at home, and then it's then, then Cleveland wins at home, and then I have to take LeBron do you, James. Do you realize people were betting Boston in Cleveland game three? I, do, you, do, you, I, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but who are we talking? Who cares about what people are doing? They don't know what they're talking about. Cleveland was never going to lose that game at home in game three. I firmly believe that if you're going to give me points in game five in Boston to a team that hasn't lost and knows they're in a must win, I'll take them. Not if the not if you're playing the best guy in the world. I'm not going to take that risk. I'll pass on that bet. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Fair enough. You know, if Michael Jordan walks into my gym, I don't care how well you were playing, there's there, – there's that little, it's a possibility that, he might that go little crazy. bit of yeah. cloud up yeah. there saying, slow down a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. This guy can take you out. So just to, so just to, just so we got this confirmed, you have Cleveland in game five and game six to close it. Close it out, yes. Quick. Uh, put it on wax. 
It's on wax. You already said it, so yeah, just yeah, stick I got with it, too. it. Yeah, I'll stick with it. Yep. Stick. Don't game flip now. Game five and six, yeah. <laughs> I think it's over. All right. I got Boston in game five, and then I got Cleveland two straight to win in seven. Oh, you got Cleveland to win. I got Cleveland to win in seven. I, I, that's what I've been saying. You you just you flipping all you just nah. flip flopping all over the place. Nah, I, I, what did I, you tell me two weeks ago? I I didn't think Cleveland, uh, would Cleveland be, ain't coming out the East, man. I didn't think Cleveland they're terrible. This I, I said, hey man, they got LeBron James. I man. didn't think they'd beat Toronto. But now you're telling past, me they're going to win the we're East. We're past that now. I think they I think they win the series in seven. So you saying they're going to win in? Uh, they're gonna. They they're you gonna. They're, they're gonna, gonna lose win in Boston. They're gonna win in Cleveland, and then win in Boston in Game Seven. So why would they win in in Boston in Game Seven? Because Game Seven, I'm not betting against the Browns. And not five to go to the finals. That's the difference. Game Seven's a whole different animal than a Game Five at home after losing two in a row. That's why. So but, we'll see. But they won Game Five. What about all those guys uh, jumping up and down, scoring all those points <laughs> for Boston? Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I think it's Game Seven's a different animal. Those young guys, a Game Seven to go to the finals is not a regular basketball game. LeBron James and those guys have seen that movie, and I, they will win that. Because a team that goes nine and zero in the playoffs at home and goes one and seven, one and eight on the road, you can't put too much of faith in them. Uh, just because they're going back home because there's a cloud over their head. And that cloud is wearing LeBron James shoes when he <laughs> walking in. Is he standing right next to Jesus? Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the, the LeBron James effect, that's real. Tomorrow, Eastern Conference Finals, Game 5 in Boston, 7.30. No catch up, Chicago. I got Dad back in here on the mic. Quick was back in here. Back. I hope, I hope y'all enjoyed that basketball talk. Make sure y'all subscribe to the podcast at No Catch Up Chicago on iTunes, at No Catch Up Chicago on YouTube, everywhere else, at No Catch Up Chicago on Instagram. Go ahead, follow us. Do that. Tell your friends. Five star review. No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. Listen up.